0: Boys and girls and Bulldog fans everywhere. Gavin and I, your co-hosts, would like to welcome you back to the Hale State Shockwave. We're glad you're listening with us today. Glad to have you. We're always glad to have you. We hope that you're glad to have us. Hope that you'll tell some friends about us. Hope that you'll enjoy our show today. We've got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Yep. Yes, sir. Gavin agrees. There's a lot to go over. We've had several events since our last show including a football game including several basketball games and there's a uh, Gavin is there something going on this week
1: uh it's Ole Miss hate week
0: it's Ole Miss hate week guys we play we play against the University of Mississippi on the gridiron tomorrow I shiver when I say <laughs> I'm being completely honest mm-hmm. we're going to just uh Go over some hardwood parquet kind of things, those kind of events first, though, before we get into discussing tomorrow's game, and we're going to discuss uh, last weekend's game a little bit. But starting with the women's basketball side of things, so we're going to lead y'all up to the Egg ball stuff, like we said. But starting with the women's basketball side of things, we have played three basketball games on the women's side since um, we last spoke with you all. One of those I was a, I was in attendance and was able to watch it in its entirety. One of those I was not able to watch; it was not televised. One of which, the the last of which, I was also not able to watch. It was on. There was an obscure link you could have looked up to uh to watch that feed, but I was unable to do so. Now I do have all the stats, and I have a lot of the highlights, and I have uh of course the final scores. First, I want to talk about in depth about. Troy versus Mississippi State, which was last Monday. So, not two days ago, but about nine days ago. Uh, Gavin, did you get to watch that game? Um, no, I did not. All right. That's fine. We're going to talk about just a couple things. I wrote a lot of stuff down. Maya Taylor. Maya Taylor. Gavin, you know a lot about Maya Taylor, Yes, right? I do. Hmm. Maya Taylor is from Olive Branch High School. She's a red shirt sophomore three-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Mississippi during her high school career. Maya Taylor had 12 points, five assists, and three rebounds, and four charges in the first half (laughs) against Troy last other day. I'll say that again. 12 points, five assists, three rebounds, four charges in the first
1: half. That sounds a little aggressive.
0: That's insane she drew four charges she they after her four, after the fourth one she took in the first half she looked like she was about to cry they took her out and said like man you were just killing it yeah. today because she 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 collected four offensive fouls against in court, now make sure I get everybody understand she is drawing offensive fouls she's on defense she's getting in position she's getting allowing herself to be knocked over by the uh, offensive player and g- g- getting a foul call because mm-hmm. of it so all it results in a Blair tournament. Schaefer Jr. Blair she- I mean, she. This has got to be a game record. She finished with five charges collected, twenty points, seven assists, and five steals. Yep,
1: that's a physical brand that's of women's basketball.
0: That's that's exactly right. She's slight of frame. She's small. She's about five eight ish. Real little looks like, but she is absolutely tough as nails. She's been shooting the ball a lot better, too. She's shooting from outside. We're getting a lot more threats from outside. You got Andre Espinoza Hunter, Chloe Bibby, Jordan Danbury with the pull up jumper from about uh, 18 feet, and then Maya shooting from everywhere. She's doing great. Maya sat out a lot and had 20 points, three rebounds, seven assists, five steals, and five charges. Goodness gracious. Absolutely insane. Uh, Jessica Carter is a double double machine. She had 17 points and 12 rebounds in the first half against Troy. Um, last uh, last night, excuse me, Monday night against Marquette, the toughest game we played today. She had 21 rebounds. Yes, 21 rebounds. This is, guys, this is a monster. Jessica Carter is only a sophomore for y'all. For those of y'all that forgot, she had 21 rebounds the other night. Um, she played about 24 minutes in the game against Troy and had 19 and 14. She's literally walking double double. Um, Jordan Danbury is continuing to. Absolutely lighted up. She Her return this year was not only the biggest surprise, but the absolute most important thing I think of our season so far. She had 20 points against Marquette, including four clutch three free throws um, in the final minute of that game. She had 24.6 rebounds and four assists against Troy. All right. Uh, and that's with herself being a little bit banged up. She came out for a while and spending about a, at least a third of the game on the bench. She had twenty-four points um, against Troy. We scored one hundred and twenty-two points. We we scored ninety-two points against Jackson State. Only um, seventy-four against Marquette on the road. That's a, our low for the year. But we're we're still averaging right at about a hundred points per game. We've got a, we've got ninety-one, eighty-two, one hundred twenty-four, one hundred twenty-two. 92 74. That's we're averaging above 90 there. That's um, our freshmen have continued to impress. Rakia Jackson, she's come on a little slow, some might say, but coach is letting her get her shot because he knows that how dangerous she can be and he, he's seen what she can do. She hit some of the most clutch shots I've ever seen against Marquette. I did see the final uh, couple minutes. And we, when we needed two baskets, she got two baskets all by herself, drove and shot a contested tough jumper and nailed it um, right after hitting a three that brought the, brought the score closer when we were down. Um, all of our freshmen are playing really well. It's different on different nights. You've got Jayla Hemingway. She played really well against Troy. Aaliyah Matharu is an outstanding backup point guard. She is absolutely holding her own better than we could ever ask for. Some of these games, guys, so in back-to-back games against Murray State, we scored 124 and set the record. Against Troy the very next game, we scored 122 and would have set the set the record if we hadn't scored 124 the, the game before. It would have broken the old record. In those two games, probably our second or third best scorer, Chloe Bibby had five points. She had five points against Murray State zero against Troy, and we still scored 122 points. I, I can't say anything else. Like, there's nothing – there's there's no way to put that and to just put that into put that really do that justice that's what i'm trying to say if you score 100 imagine imagine scoring breaking your your scoring record twice without your best score or one of. that's it's yep. just insane to me um, there's a win between, against jackson state and jackson in between there that's technically a neutral site game And, of course, now what we're going to talk about, just the final score a little bit, Mississippi State went on the road to Marquette. That's in Milwaukee. Remember now, Marquette almost got us at home last year. We beat Marquette by five points last year. They went on to be a five seed in the tournament. We beat Marquette by eight at their place this year. So that's a home and home. Um, Really shows – probably one of the most gutty performances I've seen. All these young players really stepped up. We were down at least a, a couple points in at, at every frame at some point. We ended the first quarter tied uh, at 22. Like I said, our lowest scoring po- total the tonight. Marquette doesn't score a ton of points, and they don't give up a ton of points either. So this is right typical for where they're at. Um, at halftime, we had a very narrow lead. They cut the uh, – we had a one-point lead at halftime. They cut the deficit into the third quarter, but we ended the end of the third quarter with a run to ended up being up by two at the end of the third quarter. During the fourth, we were down at five or six by one point. Excuse me. I got it right here. At one point in the fourth quarter, we were down by five. And then we came all the way back, ended up winning by eight. Of course, most of those separations comes from the, uh, from the free throw line, but, um, Going back at who performed well that game, Jessica Carter, she only shot four of 13 but made all of her free throws, all six of them, and ended up with 21 rebounds, like I talk, said earlier, uh, nine of which are offensive, and 14 points. Chloe Bibby had 11. Jordan Danbury led the team with 20. Rakia Jackson shot 50% from the floor and had 11 points. Andre Espinosa Hunter off the bench with 13. Our bench is also scoring a ton of points. So uh, against Marquette, our bench only had – um, 18 points, which isn't terrible. It's not, actually not terrible, but it's not a lot at all. But every other game, they've absolutely been a factor. They scored just as so many points as the starters in a lot of our games. So, moving on to the men's side of things, since I was monologuing, since I, I usually watch all the women's games, so that's yeah. why I monologue about them and don't yeah, my to get word in. Yeah, Let- that's yeah, I'm going to let Gavin you – know, Gavin's we all got a lot to do. We got to ration our, our time. If there was only one of us doing this show, we wouldn't no, get all the sports. There's games. no way. So that's – no. So, but I'm going to let Gavin talk about most of the men's games. Uh, Gavin, guess we just got to talk about – all we got to do is talk about um the Myrtle Beach yeah, Tournament. Yeah,
1: and uh, I thought that the Myrtle Beach Tournament was a very positive look for the basketball team. I feel like a lot of people are starting to take pride in the basketball team again. And it's just something that uh, everybody's able to watch and be proud about instead of, you know, these past few years, everybody's just kind of, oh, the basketball team, you know, as normal. They're going to choke and all this stuff. But I feel like the NCAA tournament last year, even though we were out in the first round, uh, I feel like it kind of got everybody's hopes up for the program again. And then all the young talent that you're seeing on the court this year is really just a testament to Coach Allen's hard work and getting the program back to where it needs to be.
0: Right. So we had a really productive uh, Myrtle Beach tournament, and everything that Gavin said is absolutely right. We've kind of got some momentum going for the program, not just for this year, but just seems like long-term momentum. It's not just right. like we're hot right now. It's 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 tur- a program that's turning the corner, and it's been a little bit longer than I thought it would be under Ben Hallen. And when the again, I've criticized his offensive uh, scheme occasionally. It's been working right. recently. So like a like a if you watch the games against Tulane. That's probably I think the best game we've played all year. We were up by twenty at a couple points during the game. Ended up winning eighty to eighty yep. to sixty six.
1: The, the craziest part about Tulane to me is that we had twenty five turnovers and still managed to win by that much.
0: Right. So we so this is. This isn't like we're playing – I'm not saying we're playing flawless basketball. Right. Turnovers is something that we've that we've shown that we can kind of get over because some games we'll, – we'll, we'll go games without a lot. And we'll go games where we have a ton. We start to yep. clean that up a little bit. And, and
1: at the end of the tournament, up. we really did start to clean it up a lot because um, against Villanova and Coastal Carolina, we had seven turnovers in each game. So, we cut yeah. – That's
0: a lot. A lot yeah. better. A yeah, we,
1: we made a huge dent in that. So that's, you know, that's great for the offensive side of the ball. And then Reggie Perry actually said that uh, he thinks that this is a better defensive team than it was last year. So.
0: I, I think it is, too. And it's kind of weird to say that because you lose a legend in Q Weatherspoon. Um, you lose Eric Holman and Lamar Peters. I Eric Holman isn't the defender that Abdullah do or Reggie Perry is. But I think he he knew he, in his his mindset as 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 a defender was in the right place most of the time. My only criticism Eric of Eric Coleman, I saw one or two games where he would be really soft as an right. offensive player and a little bit timid. But I I didn't have a problem with him. But guys, Robert Woodard can guard. Reggie Perry can guard. Yep. Those freshmen. And the
1: craziest can part guard. is. This team that we're seeing on the floor, and Carter this on. team that we're seeing on the floor right now is probably a better defensive team than it was last year. And then you add Nick Weatherspoon to the mix, and it's not even a question anymore.
0: Nick, Nick Weatherspoon is the best defender yes. we have. Um, maybe, maybe you could. Now, it's hard. You don't want to compare Nick and Abdullah Do because they're total opposite positions, but that's the only comparison you would have on our team. When I, Nick Weatherspoon can guard anybody. I mean, I, I feel like Nick Weatherspoon would give Steph would, would give Steph Curry <laughs> trouble, and I, I mean that. That's my favorite basketball player. So, um, of course, y'all probably noticed that we lost to Villanova, our first loss of the year. Every ranked SEC team has had a loss already. The best teams in the league have had a loss or a scare yep. already. Auburn has, has uh, had some trouble. Florida has a loss. LSU Duke has, has a loss. loss.
1: Um, I said Duke huh? has a loss. That's not an SEC team, but
0: We're going to talk that was about a big deal. A second. Uh, Kentucky lost. It's, it's kind of wide open right now. So, I like what we've got going on. We lose to – like I said, we lose to Villanova by just seven points. This is not a hot take when I say if Nick Weatherspoon is on the court, we win that game. Ro- uh, two players named Robertson Earl and Giuseppe. A point guard and a small forward killed us. Um, Giuseppe had a ton of assists. I can look it up exactly how I many he had. Robinson Arrow had t- like 22 points, and they hit a lot of really nice threes. They moved the ball exceptionally well at Villanova. Um, they called them, yeah, Jeremiah Robinson Arrow at 22. They, uh, Tyson Carter also at 22. They called, the announcers were, they were really, really high on Villanova. You can tell it was kind of annoying. Um, They were just, you know, they were they were all over Villanova because they're Villanova and we're Mississippi State. Yeah. It was it was obvious, but no, you just talking about the commentators. But you've got Robinson uh, Robertson Earl with twenty two points and what's this dude's first name? Giuseppe. What's his first name? It just says C Giuseppe. Only has his first initial. I think it was Colin. That sounds right. Yes, it's Colin. Colin Giuseppe had nine assists and eighteen points, and that's their point guard. Nick Weatherspoon doesn't let that happen, okay? That doesn't happen with him on the court. You're not gonna let one guy beat you, like, beat you that bad. Um, so that's why I like to think and a lot of uh, Robinson Earl's points came off of Giuseppe assist. So that's why I like to say that Nick not only not only does having your one of your best players on the court gonna make a difference automatically, but the specific ways that Nick would have made a difference in that game gives us a lot of hope for the season. Yeah. And get good news flash, guys. One two three four five six seven. Nick's only sitting out three more games. That's it. Nick has to sit out against La Tech on the twenty on December fifth against Kansas State. We have to play. We get to play Kansas State on uh, Saturday the fourteenth of December. Another really big game is Radford. Radford's actually two and four, which is surprising. Radford won their league last year, and everybody thought they were going to win their league. This year, last year they won their tournament and were an auto bid, but they would have made the tournament anyway. Ben Howland actually got. If you are going to attend a game, you need to go to that game on December eighteenth against Radford. Radford. The students will not be in town. We need a huge crowd at that game because they are. They're supposed to be a good team. Now the record doesn't show it right now. I'm going to see who they played. But long story short, Louisiana Tech, Kansas State, Radford. We played New Mexico State on December twenty second, and Knicks play in that game. We're, we're we're through we're through the worst of it. The worst opponent we we're gonna have to play, Sands Nick, was Villanova. We're through that. Tough loss. I don't believe in more victories, but we're through the work the thickest of this uh of this yes. suspension. Chorus we also played Did you get to watch all of that game?
1: Um I I was able to watch most of the Coastal Carolina game, but I didn't get to watch all of it.
0: I didn't see the first half.
1: Okay, well, I did see so the first. So, if you saw half. the
0: first half, you could talk to about more than more than me.
1: Yeah. So the first half, I was really pleased with how we came out. I thought that they looked ready to play. Um, I was actually happy. You know, I kind of, I kind of wanted Coastal Carolina to beat Baylor just so we were able to get a shot at another ranked opponent uh, before. I think you know, that's what everybody
0: else was hoping for yeah, too.
1: Before we had to go home from Myrtle Beach, but you know, the guys seemed that. Uh, they weren't going to take coastal Carolina very lightly right out of the gate. And they shot the ball very well. Um, shooting over 50%. We were 10 for 23 from three. So we're right around 43%. And, uh, you know, like Colton said, one thing that state needs to work on and it's hurt, it's heard them in the past is free throw percentage. We shot at 62% that game still needs to go up a little bit, but, um, really the only place that Coastal Carolina was even able to compete with us was rebounds because, you know, we only we only out-rebounded them by five. But they also um, shot, they shot a lot worse than us at 35%. So uh, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with how good of a defensive team this is.
0: Just talking about how overall what this team's been able to do, if you watch this Myrtle Beach tournament, they were a mon- they looked like monsters trying to rebound the ball. Reggie Perry and Robert Woodard look absolutely terrifying, and Abdullahu trying to rebound the ball, monstrous. Yep. You were surprised every time they didn't get a rebound, just of how overpowering they were uh, for most of the tournament.
1: Yeah, uh, I've already seen a Reggie Perry highlight tape for this season.
0: He's he can have one. He can have a top. He, has, he should have about five or six assists on this highlight tape. Yeah, I want to see the complete Robert Woodard highlight tape because Robert Woodard pr- could have had half of the Sports Center top plays. Yeah, in one just weekend.
1: Go, go check out Hale State Wave. That's what Robert Woodard Wave is actually the new name.
0: Everybody go look at Hale State Wave. He got every single one of his dunks from the was it the coast? Was it the green? Was it the uh, two lane game? Yeah,
1: it was the two lane game five
0: dunks and like a couple of them were bad ooh a couple yeah. of them were bad ooh he he hurts some people's feelings on some of those dunks <laughs> he uh, he was a highlight reel all game guys we're throwing alley-oops we're dunking on top of people we're blocking shots we're shooting well i was getting back to like i've talked all year about how we're not going to go terribly far until we get nick back if tyson's going to be our only shooter Robert Robert is shooting pretty good. Iverson Molinar, John Rothstein said, buy stock now on Iverson Molinar. He's going to be a great point guard. He can shoot. Reggie Perry's shooting uh, definitely good enough from behind the three that I feel comfortable with him uh, letting those go. He made some with very contested threes this weekend. Yeah. And excuse me, I might sneeze. If I sneeze, honestly forgive me. <laughs> anyway... I, Getting, being able to spread the floor, we're pretty much right now, the only person you wouldn't let take a three at all is Abdullah Do. Maybe uh, some of your backup centers, I don't think Presiduro has shot one. These will, will pull up. Talking about your backup centers. Yeah. It, it looks – the future looks really bright for not only the rest of this season but for the upcoming season with these young guys. But being able to spread the floor and shoot, dunk the ball with authority – play good defense, block shots. This team is fun, like fun, fun to watch. It's, they're exciting. Y'all need to take your kids to games. Y'all need to uh, buy buy tickets. You know, they got all kinds of deals for the tickets. The Radford game I talked to y'all about, they're trying to fill that place up. They're $1 tickets that night.
1: You know? Yeah, that's if you can't pay for a $1, that's cheaper than high school games. That's – that
0: that's – that's –
1: that's – 87% cheaper than high school games where I live. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You can go in there, and we got the cheap concession stand price. You can feed everybody at the concession stand for $6. You can have supper and a ball game. You can take a family of four, supper and a ball game for less than $30. That's pretty good. That, you can't beat that. Anyway, <laughs> we need you at these games because – they're. They're just fun. I don't. I, every time I, mi- I have to miss a game or miss a quarter or something, I get mad. I mean, it's, it's electric just watching them play. Hopefully, Humphrey Coliseum's atmosphere can mirror that upcoming. There's, we've gotten some energy back in that stadium, but not all of it.
1: After the renovations, I think it's really going to take off and be back to how it used to be.
0: We're trying to get it to that place now. I've, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned, we've got a whole program to try to get the student section back pumped up. We'll see what happens come SEC play. I'll tell you what, it'd be full. It would we'd be we'd be really starting to fill that place up had we beaten Villanova, but we didn't do anything to hurt the crowd either. All right. So moving on to what we've all been waiting for. It's that time of year again, guys.
1: The Here we go. most
0: it will either be the best or worst day of the year. I, I'm not exaggerating. I mean. The only reason I come to baseball season, I'm like, you know, I'd rather beat Ole Miss in baseball than football. And I come to football season, and I, I I just don't feel that way anymore. It's just it mm-hmm. flip flops. And I'll tell you what, if baseball was a one game a year, it we only got them once in football. Yep, one shot. It will. Eat, ah. it's, it's literally. It's literally, guys. I'm. I'm even, my birthday. It's probably. It's probably gonna the best or worst day of the year, depending on that outcome. I mean, other than a death in the family. That's just how I feel about it. How do you feel about it?
1: Um. See. So for me, I was talking. I was talking to Colton about this yesterday. Everybody in my family, besides my immediate family, is Ole Miss fans. So that means it. that um that means that Thanksgiving has some very high stakes, which include bragging rights for the entire year at all family events. So the the egg bowl, depending on which way it goes, I'm with Colton. It could be one of the best days of the year or one of the worst. So we'll have to see Thursday night. But I uh, mean if you look at it from a statistical standpoint on paper, this is a very even matchup.
0: There is um, no planned event, I think, that
1: that supersedes this one
0: as far as how much it means to me. Yeah. Now if something spontaneously happens that's just life changing, like that's different. But yeah, go on to what you were saying. I interrupted your your you're about to get into the and forget the mushy stuff. You're about to get into the serious stuff.
1: Okay. So, looking at the passing attacks for both sides, um, Ole Miss averages seven more yards, passing yards a game, than we do. We average one eighty-two; they average one eighty-nine. Looking at the rushing so side even. of things, yeah, it's about even. Looking at the rushing side of things, we average two hundred twenty-eight yards a game; they average two sixty-one. Um, so, really, really, that's they're beating us by a decent amount, but it's nothing that's you know earth-shattering. Um, Defensively, we're just about neck and neck again. Our defense is actually a little bit better than theirs. Um, But it's nothing, once again, nothing, you know, too earth shattering. And then special teams, they have actually missed eight kicks this year. And that means that they actually have the lowest field goal percentage in the SEC at 56.7%. And Mississippi State is at 75% field goals.
0: But they have the best return yards is for kickoffs, and we have the worst.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We they average 28 yards a return, and we average 17.
0: So, if you're thinking about it, it's close or to – Actually, 10.
1: my bad. They average 24 yards a return. Okay. So,
0: so you're telling me on offense, special teams, and so special teams, we cancel each other out. You would say, I don't know. I feel like missing kicks is, is that's twenty four points left on the board.
1: Who knows? Yeah. yeah, you beat LSU if you if you make some kicks, probably. Well, that's um, not, well, I don't know. That's actually that's actually a very. I do know that statement. we don't kick we not cover
0: kicks very well either. Yeah.
1: so that's gonna be tricky. Um, Hopefully,
0: somebody's working on that this week.
1: But looking at the passing defense, I'll go back to that. We give up an average of two hundred forty one passing yards a game, and Ole Miss gives up two ninety three. So that is a pretty big gap. Um and then looking at the rushing defenses. They give up two
0: ninety-three per game. Yes. Holy crap. That's a lot. That's a yeah. that's a high
1: average. That's quite a few. That's, but you, you also they also guys, have a very young up, secondary. Quarter, which um, we do too. I said they have a very young secondary, but we do too. So
0: we got some injuries.
1: Yeah. Which they do too, I'm pretty sure. Um looking at the rushing defense though. We give up one hundred forty nine rushing yards a game, and they give up one hundred thirty two.
0: Yeah, so pretty close.
1: Yeah, everything's pretty even. Besides, our passing defense is a good bit better than theirs, and their rushing offense is a good bit better than ours. Statistics yeah, so
0: they've got us by thirty yards in rushing offense. We've got about fifty yards in passing yeah. defense.
1: And they looked up enough to play a forty percent healthy Grant Delpit too. So
0: that's that's a good point. Now. They're leading the SEC in rushing, correct? Correct. We're third. Yes. They are last in defense. What are, are second's last in defense?
1: Um, defensively, one second. Defensively, they are third to last, and we are fourth to last. It's pretty close. Yeah, this, it's pretty. Oh, it hurts. This we definitely heart that
0: we're fourth to last in defense, but
1: yeah, especially when we were best in college football last year passing yeah. defense is what'll really break your heart though because we're second to last in that and they are dead last
0: that's crazy to me now
1: rushing defense we are fourth to last and they are they're eighth in the sec gotcha
0: which is that's still really close
1: right that's still pretty close
0: you know we're because... these we, we, we're we breaking off these rankings in the SEC. If you look I mean punt right if you're just for an example, we were talking about punt yardage. The first through seventh punt yardage, isn't that like what a separation of five yards?
1: Yeah, a separation. It's actually first through eighth. It's a separation of eight. five yards.
0: So we're not you know, Ragus SEC is let you know, we're we're just gonna more important is these how many yards per game or how many this per game.
1: But now if you want to get a good laugh, Tucker Day has the second longest punt in the SEC at seventy yards. And you wouldn't think this is where it gets good. Vandy has the shortest punt in the SEC at 31 yards.
0: I'm surprised we haven't nobody changed one worse than that's, that. To be well, impressed. no, that's the well.
1: I worded that awfully. My bad. That's the shortest long. Their long punt is 31 yards. Yes, according to the ESPN website. No way. Yes. All right, Actually, we're chasing that. And... <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, okay, yeah let's get let's get back on track here.
0: Gavin loves numbers. In case y'all haven't noticed,
1: yeah, I do love numbers. Big numbers
0: guy, I am too for sports, and that's about the only time I can get involved in numbers. But anyway, um, like I said, or like as we were saying, it's pretty close. Pretty close matchup. Here's your advantage, guys. It's at home. Now these trends don't go the way they're supposed to go. The road team, okay, won in 2015. 2016, 2017, and 2018. It's kind of scary. The favored team and
1: 14, correct?
0: No, because that we no, we no, lost. am no. thinking, in yeah. 13 home team, 13, 14 home team won. Okay. The favored team lost in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Finally breaks the streak last year, we were favored and we did win.
1: And we're favored again this year.
0: We're favored again, not by near as much as we were last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Not by near as much as they were in two thousand sixteen. And not still not even as much as we were in 2017.
1: Yep. We're a two and a half point <laughs> favorite. Do what? I said right now as of right now, we're a two and a half point favorite. That's what I saw Bless this morning. You. Two
0: and a half point, sixty five percent FBI. Guys, this is what it's going to come down to. They want to run the ball. We can't let them do it. They've got multiple rushers. Scotty Phillips is not at 100%. Ely is. Jerry and Ely and John Rice-Pumley can run a little bit. They fast. We're going to have to stop them. Force John Rice-Pumley or Matt Corral to throw the ball. And if you're me, I'm thinking – you either put Cam dancler or double team Elijah Moore, single coverage everybody else, everybody else up the box, Yeah. stop the run. Simple. Put and Marcus not- Murphy
1: and Cam Dancler on Elijah Moore, and then tell Willie Gay, wherever John Rice Plumley goes, that's where you go.
0: Now, Gavin's making a great point. All those defensive stats that we just gave up, gave out, are us most games without Lee Autry, That's nine out of nine out of a uh, excuse me. Eight out of eleven games, those stats come from Sans Lee, Autry, Sans, Marcus Murphy, Sans Willie Gay. Right? That's correct. All those players are here this, this game. Everybody's here. Lee Autry's here. Only players that aren't here are injured players.
1: Yep. CJ Moore. So that gives
0: us a little bit of an advantage.
1: Now, I think Moe in Smith fact in if you're looking
0: at Willie Gay and Marcus Murphy, that's a huge help because our secondary's been banged up. And we can talk mm-hmm. about the secondary in a little bit,
1: but And we get our best defensive player.
0: Our our, nice. our best defensive player, the slight maybe debatably maybe not, best uh, best defensive tackle for sure.
1: Well, and that, and that's a weird way to word it. Players. What? Never mind. I was thinking, whenever you said best defensive tackle, I heard like tackler, and I was like, yeah, Willie Gay is. If you think about it.
0: Oh yeah, he's he's he can tackle. Yeah. Um, Errol Topp's a good tackle too. But anyway. Best best DT, best – probably defensive player. You've got your most talented safety for sure. C.J. Morgan is out. He's probably your best safety, but he's a senior. Marcus Murphy, as a redshirt freshman, is our most talented
1: Brian Cole is a heck of an athlete.
0: They, I, I'm calling him a star, but, yeah, yeah, you're right. Free safety versus strong safety.
1: <sighs> now, if that's you want to so talk awesome. numbers for a few more minutes, I have some interesting stats. Show us. Osiris Mitchell has just as many receiving touchdowns as Elijah Moore.
0: That's interesting.
1: There's your one-on-one. Yep. So, we'll go, this is – anybody who has the ESPN app can see this. You pull it up, and it it gives you the season leaders for passing, rushing, and receiving. So, most of the time, that means that it is a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. But if you look at Ole Miss, it goes Matt Corral, John Rice Plumley, Elijah Moore
0: which are two two different quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. And so you have two different so quarterbacks.
0: I don't, I don't know how much we'll see of Matt Corral, but still talking about defense. We'll have all our guys back. If you got and like I said, I've I don't know them to run the two quarterback scheme a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if they started doing it. I hope that we do it. I wouldn't be surprised if we did either. I I'm going to be honest. Uh, if you saw on Twitter, uh there's some stuff that maybe Keaton gets in the game, but we'll talk about that later. We're talking about mm-hmm. offense. Though. Trying to talk about trying to focus on defense. If Matt Corral's in, you're looking at pass D. If John Rice Plumley's in, you're looking at run D. It's not yeah. a triple option with John Rice Plumley, but it is a zone read option running out man outnumber you on the edges. Try to just get uh, run by out-speed a couple linebackers, you. break some on top, huh?
1: I said he'll just try to outspeed you on the edge. Yeah. Really,
0: he'll outspeed you on the edge. Well, which, you, which you've got to out, you've got to trick or outnumber on the. The defensive end, yeah, and then you've got to try to outrun the linebackers. That's that happens a lot. It happens a lot with uh, for Ole Miss against LSU, it happened a lot for Mississippi uh, for Mississippi State against Arkansas. You know, you just outrun those guys. Um, so uh, if Matt Corral does come in, he's been playing less and less, but that's when he's a he's a he's a more of a pass first. He could run a little bit. He's about like Tommy. Really, guys. Matt is about like Tommy, except Tommy's definitely a better passer, but just how much pass and run. John Rice Plum is a lot like Schrader, except Schrader's a better passer, and uh, John Rice Plum is an even better runner than Schrader, which is hard to believe. So that's – if y'all haven't watched them play, that's how they're going to be. So, like I said, we're going to have Willie really Gay back. Cam Dancer's healthy. Errol Thompson went down in that game. He's totally fine from what I've heard. Uh, he tweeted out that he was fine. Uh, people that I know said he was fine, and the press conference said he was fine. Now I don't trust the press conference anymore. Nope. You can't trust it. Um, our offensive lineman uh, Ty- Tyree Phillips went down during the game last week and came back in, so he's fine. Um, so anyway, talking about Tyree Phillips, that's a great. We move on to offense. You know, I know we're kind of bouncing all around. We're just trying to cover all our bases, and like I said, we're we're nervous about the game. Y'all are nervous. We're nervous. It's one of those games. Where we'll talk about big picture things. I'm more. I'm more horrified to lose than I am thrilled to win. Do you feel that way? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's. I think we all feel that. And so does all Miss. Like you You. It's not. We won. It's. We didn't lose, or mm-hmm. it's not. We won. It's they lost, and yep. that's. That's how you know it's real.
1: <laughs> but I'm um, moving because on to what we got to do on. Yeah. Uh, I I was just thinking about that statement. How true it is. You put, you go to the egg bowl, and the players aren't like this. They're not playing to not lose, but that's what the fans. You don't play to say. not
0: lose, but it's it's that's not. I don't mean like we got to tiptoe and try our best to not lose this game. I just mean the pain of losing. I want to win yep. so bad, but I want to not lose more. The pain of losing hurts more than the joy of winning.
1: Yep. the
0: the The pain of winning, pain of losing hurts more then the joy of winning lifts you up. Mm-hmm. God. It does lift you up, though.
1: I hate all Miss.
0: It's going to lift me up. <laughs> anyway. In, in
1: 2017, I literally almost cried.
0: I've, the year that I've had, the the semester that I've had, I don't know if I can handle a loss right now. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. It's been a rough semester, guys. Not Not even just school. But anyway, moving on to how offense is going to go. We've got Tommy Stevens, of course. He's probably going to start. He's healthy. uh, Ole Miss has had a lot of trouble with mobile quarterbacks. If you just look, their wins were against Arkansas, who you got to get to their third string quarterback before they're running around. Vanderbilt, who's not moving around. And New Mexico State, who had zero losses coming into that, zero wins coming into that game. And an FCS team. They got, tore up by Alabama. Two was pretty mobile. Of course, they got shredded by uh, Joe Burrow, who's not terribly mobile, but of course, Joe Burrow and that the offense was shredding everybody. Um, Kyle, uh, excuse me, Kellen Mond got scrambled around for him real bad, and it was a closer game against Texas A&M, but they, uh, he had a lot of, y- he had yards all over the place. And just letting y'all know, the dual threat quarterback has given him trouble. That's what I'm trying to say. Tommy Stevens, has led the team in rushing against Alabama and had uh, 88 yards against Abilene Christian with not even that many attempts. He's, at, he's he, He'd rushed for 29, 30 yards. He, he has had 30-yard rushes in back-to-back games. You know how much Garrett Schrader can run. Garrett Schrader looks at two reads, and he's gone. I mean, he's mm-hmm. taken off, and he's taken linebackers with him. I mean, he's just going to – he's flying through
1: there. But the best part is he'll pull a linebacker off of somebody and he's not afraid to make the throw while he's running. Oh, yeah. He'll – he
0: – his athleticism is very, very helpful for us if you want to mix some stuff up. I'm not saying Garrett is going to play. I don't know – I'm not saying your best chance to win is to mix and match. I'm not saying your best chance to win is to have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. I would like to see that if that's run effectively. And I'm not saying your best chance to win is to bench Tommy because I think Tommy's a better passer, but I do think I would be more happy to see Garrett Schrader involved than I would be just to rely on Tommy. More options. And normally the two, if you, they say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. But we're this is game is this is going to be a X's and O's chess match type of game. All right, just just what we were talking about. So on offense. You got Tommy that can throw and run. You got Garrett that can really run and can throw a good bit. He throws, like I said, throws better than John Rice, doesn't run quite as well. Tommy Stevens throws better than either one of those. Osiris Mitchell has been pretty much absent in the last couple games. He needs to have a big night. He needs to come alive. He's played in this rivalry before. He's had big catches in in this game before. We need him to come alive. Farad Green had 12 targets last year, last week, excuse me, against Abilene Christian. If we we that tight end, if we can get the tight tight ends involved, we, Dante Jones had a couple catches and he needs to be involved even more because he's a monster after the catch and has a huge catch radius. That that's just shows you how you can expand the offense and really just do some different things that's harder to that's harder to defend. You know, if you got if you got to worry about the tight end and Osiris Mitchell and the back. And the the slot receiver all catching passes. I mean, who are you going to guard? That's just comes down to it.
1: Yep, and that's why I love Spivey. I think Spivey's is going to be really good down the road.
0: I think he will. I, I, but my, most things I remember about Spivey this year are the couple drops that he's had. Yeah, that's just. Me. Yeah, now he's athletic. <laughs> I actually played against Spivey in basketball at the end of last semester, and I was just on fire, and he wasn't. He wasn't having a great day. I made. I made him feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's. He's. That's why he's a football player. Anyway, but uh, he's he was he handled it pretty well until about the end, which I would I would have been mad too. It was bad, but anyway, uh, we've got we we do have a lot of young talent at tight end coming up through the years, a lot of hope for that at that position. We've always been deep at tight end, even though we don't use our tight ends very much. And we do we have been now more a little bit more. Dan Mullen didn't use them at all. Jeff Moorhead's not using them quite a lot, but anyway. We've got all we've got like I said, we've got to get Osiris Mitchell the ball. He's gotta have a good night. Tommy Stevens got to protect the ball like he's done the past couple of games. Um, I think you need to get Garrett Schrader involved somehow. Don't rule out Keaton. They there is some mysterious things said during some of the interviews this week that makes people seem to think that he might be there somewhere in some capacity. Keaton, of course, can play. He's he's trying to redshirt. He has appeared in zero games. He could totally play. They said that he is as healthy as he's been this week, so The main thing I want to talk about, though, is Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill knows what this game is all about. All right. Kylan Hill knows that this could very well be his last chance to show off for the NFL, depending on if we lose. And Kylan Hill is going to have to have the type of night that running backs have been having against them in the years past. Ares Williams destroyed them in 2016. Kylan and Eris feasted on them last year. Eris um, had a great game against them in 2017 when they really could, even though they, had, they, they got to where they figured out Keaton wasn't going to be able to throw much as a true freshman, they kind of bottled him up and stacked the box the really bad. We still kind of got the running game going. It's going to have to be the same thing tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night. Callan Hill has had no problem scoring and rushing the ball against these bottom defenses, I mean, at all. Even some of the better defenses, he did. He played very. He had a great game against Texas A and M. Uh, had a good, had a good game, a great game against Kansas State two years in a row. Kansas State's a pretty good defense. Callahill's Hill's going to have to get after
1: it. He did well against Kentucky.
0: He did do well against Kentucky. Where's their defense at?
1: Um, let me see. I was not prepared for that question.
0: And I know his his first total, three games. Do you want to know total
1: defense out. or rushing defense?
0: Rushing defense.
1: Okay. One second. My laptop is not one to cooperate. Here we go. Okay, so they are actually one spot below Ole Miss in rushing defense. They average – they give up 11 more rushing yards a game than Ole Miss.
0: the middle of the pack.
1: Yeah, but also if you look at their – I'm struggling to pull it up right now, but I'm sure their non-conference schedule is probably a little bit tougher than Ole Miss's. Let's see. Yeah, they've played Toledo – Florida, us, South Carolina, Arkansas. They had to play Georgia. Yeah. Missouri, Tennessee, Vandy, UT Martin.
0: Anyway. The only teams that have really – Calen had a bad game against Tennessee – but other than that, it's really just been Auburn and Alabama that he struggled against. So those are two of the best defenses in the league, of course. Auburn is absolutely disgusting as a, defense,
1: yeah, as a, as a run defense. Yeah, their front seven is the best in college football. Probably so. And
0: that long story short, the way we're going to have to be attacking is going to have to be through Kylan Hill. Once Kylan Hill gets going a little bit, you can see Tommy start to spread it around. Run those options if they're keyed up on Kylan and Tommy takes takes off, he's liable to go for 20 yards. I mean, you've seen it the last two weeks. He, he uh, Tommy had 96 rushing yards against Alabama, and that's a lot, especially for a quarterback. They they get keyed in on Kylin because he's unstoppable, and you have to. You don't. It's not like oh, let's just watch both, and we'll have we'll you know be prepared for both things. If you're not maximum, just focused, ready to stop Kylan Hill, you're not going to be able to. Okay. That'll open things up for Tommy to run. And once you start doing that, things open up, of course, more. You can throw the ball a little bit around. Use the passing game to extend your running game. So, that's your RPO. Throw it out to the tight end of the flat. Let him turn up field for several yards. We've run that play a lot. That little – the we look like we're going to run the quarterback draw, and then Ty, Tommy Stevens jumps and throws a pass to Kylan, and he sprints for 88 yards and a touchdown on the first play of the drive. I'd love stuff like that. Stuff like that is amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um that that right there, is probably. If you you saw a new wrinkle in the Abilene Christian game, every time we've kind of busted out a new wrinkle, you had you know the fake the fake reverse against Arkansas was awesome, the that jump pass, that fake – I guess when, I don't think it was intended to be a jump pass. It ended no, up being a jump pass. It just
1: but it happened that way. Well, it from, needed to be from what I can tell.
0: But that fake draw was outstanding. Every time we've added these little new wrinkles, they've been successful. Okay, You bro- busted out some new things against Alabama, against Arkansas, and against Abilene Christian that you hadn't seen the season before. That's yep. Tommy running the ball against Alabama. That's this a lot of uh, run schemes against Arkansas. And this, and this that, that little wrinkle right there against Abilene Christian that we just described. I want to see some new things for Ole Miss, some things that we haven't put on film yet that's going to give them fits and make those linebackers yep. have to really think and make a decision.
1: Let us see some new stuff besides jerseys.
0: That's right. Well, we're going to have new jerseys. Yep. I don't know. Hey, I don't know if y'all I – they're growing on me. I didn't like them when they came out. beginning of the season, I hated them. Yeah. But I think
1: they're all right. That's what, that's what I said. I was like you – know, the first time I saw them, I absolutely hated them. But for some reason, I guess now I'm in the mood, but I like them.
0: I'm going to have to see what the rest of the uniform looks like.
1: Yeah, that one that's mock-up – the one mock-up that uh, John made, I didn't care for. Not that it was a bad graphic. It was – he did the best that, you know, he could make the jersey look. But I just didn't like the overall look of the jersey.
0: We'll have to take a look. Yeah.
1: Another I'm excited guy that, um, to see what the helmets look like.
0: Yeah, that's if there's gold on the helmets. I, I don't know what it would even make it look good. Maybe an all-gold helmet. We've done that before.
1: I don't. I wouldn't necessarily care for the all-gold helmet. I wouldn't mind like a maroon helmet with a gold stripe, though. That would look good,
0: yeah. We've got to make it match. It's kind of a more yellowy gold than yeah. we've done in your past. So that's what I don't like. But anyway. Another guy, you know, moving back to still talking about the offense, another guy's got to have a big night. Nick Gibson has been, has, Nick Gibson's awesome guys. We owe him a debt of gratitude for what he's done for us and how good of a player he's been. As a counter to Kylan and a backup and a guy that could take some, uh, take some of the reps off Kylan, he's got to go off just like he did last week. We're going to have to run the ball to win this game. Make no mistake. Make no mistake about it. Run the football. Pass the football to. You pass to you. You're gonna have to pass to help open up the running game, and then pass because of the way your running game was open up your passing game. What I mean by that is, maybe they're kind of keen in on Kylin. Hit them out. Hit him out on the slant. Make them have to back somebody up in that spot. You know, hit Mitchell or hit uh, Zuber or something down the middle of the field. Make them realize that they're not gonna be able to to crowd up on Kylin, and then let Kylin run wild. Or vice versa, that Kylin runs wild a little bit. Um, maybe they're going to key it, key it on him. Then you run the play action. They they all bite on it, and all of a sudden you've got guys running free one on one. You know, yep. those are the kind of things we have to. And that's what any offense is trying to do. You're trying to accomplish each other with these with these games. Some now every every offense except Washington State, they just pass. <laughs> they only pass. You're not going to be able to win this game doing doing really one or the other. But if we're going to have one, we're going to pick running the ball. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, you have to.
0: We've always been that kind of team. We've been that kind of team for a, since. Last time we weren't that kind of team was probably 2015. And even
1: then. I wouldn't even say then.
0: Dak ran a lot.
1: Yeah. I'd go back to the Tyler Russell days.
0: Now, anytime Anthony Dixon or Vic Ballard was a running back, we were a rushing offense.
1: Yeah. Set that straight. Now, 2013. Maybe, maybe back to Ralph.
0: Ralph See, so now, Ralph ran a lot. Ralph Ralph was not a great pastor. Now, what did Ralph always do? <laughs>
1: Ralph always beat Ole Miss. That's true.
0: Ralph always beat Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's he, I, wonder I wonder what he's, he's doing, doing now. now. You never hear I about might, him.
0: But anyway. Some last-minute things we're going to get in. Guys, Ole Miss has not won a road game this year. Ole Miss – has beaten four teams, an FCS team at home, by not that many. A team in, called New Mexico State that was winless going into that game out of the Mountain West, the mighty Mountain West. Vanderbilt, the best defense they've played, ranked 101st in all of football, who currently is 3-8 and eight, and is going to lose their fourth game in Knoxville Saturday. And Arkansas, who they beat by a little over two touchdowns at home, who is probably the worst Power Five team in all of football, bar literally none. And I'm trying to wrap my brain. Nobody is that bad right now. Kansas is better, I would think. I'd take Kansas over Arkansas right now. Arkansas has two wins. Yeah, they lost to West Kentucky. Lost to San Jose State. They won. They beat an FCS team. That opened up the year twenty to thirteen, guys. That's, this, is who, this is who Ole Miss has beaten. Now, here's what Ole Miss has done. They looked kind of flashy against LSU. They played Auburn close. Auburn had several turnovers, within their, had three turnovers in their own red zone and missed about three, two or three field goals to only win by, by a touchdown. All right. They played Texas AM at home and lost, but it was pretty close. They had, I think, a first-quarter lead against Alabama and ended up losing by 40. They put put some things – they've made some highlight reel kind of things, and they've not really played guys tough but shown some flashiness or put up some misleading kind of stats that kind of make you think, oh, look at this, that everybody's terrified. And I'm not saying you don't, you shouldn't be terrified. I mean, like, I, of course we're favored to win. Of course we should win this game, but it's not, it's definitely, by no means, is it a done deal. But I also don't think the Ole Miss is just this some absolutely terrifying team that we should just, just be lucky to beat. I don't know why anybody's saying that. They look scary. They put up a ton of yards against LSU a couple weeks ago, and everybody's scary. They have – now, here's another thing you got to think of. They had a bye week last week. I don't know how that's fair at all. Now, we yeah. pretty much had a bye week, and you can tell we look kind of sloppy. And uh, Coach Moorhead said in the press conference at the game, they said, so, were you really not – watching?" they asked him earlier in the week were you, if he was watching film on Ole Miss instead of this. He goes, so, were you really not watching anything on Ole Miss at all? He goes, oh, I lied. I definitely was. He said that. He actually said
1: that. I missed that.
0: No, he he said, oh, I lied, <laughs> which I I expect. Now <laughs> – I don't that bye week that they gave Ole Miss that makes everybody mad. We're mad because they had extra days to prepare for us. That's unfair. They're mad because they didn't get a full bye week because they had to play this game on Thursday. They did They got. They've got two extra days. Take. They got two days taken off what their normal bye week would have been. Nobody's happy about this. Um, SEC has screwed us in men's ba- this year in men's basketball scheduling and uh, football scheduling, and they did a mistake to Ole Miss in football scheduling then too, and and to us they doubled. They got it. They got us both. On one hand, Ole Miss. You know, if you're Ole Miss, you're like, "Oh, we got to – look at us. We got extra time to prepare for Mississippi State." And on the other hand, everybody else's bye week, you get 14 days without football. They only get 12. Anyway, so going into a lot of things, like I said, it's a they're not the team, but just because, like I said, they they they've scored some points against Ole Miss. I mean, excuse me, against LSU, they've beat a couple teams that were really sorry. And they looked all right in some games. I'm not terrified because this team looks like they're really good because I don't think they're really good at all. I'm just nervous because it's Ole Miss, and that's it. And that's how y'all you all should feel. I don't want anybody – I don't think any of y'all should be just shaking your boots because of what you've seen on the field. The only nervousness I should come from this game is we can, we just can't lose this game because it's this game. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense to everybody? Gavin, yes. you're everybody right now. You understand?
1: Yes, all I right. understand.
0: So my point is across. Good deal. Do you have anything else to add
1: to um, what
0: we've put together here?
1: No, I did not. Beat right. miss.
0: We've told you all some of the trends of this past couple of years. Road team has done well. Favored team has done poorly except for last year. It is what it is, guys. You know, it's that there's some oof. It's tough. It's tough. Ooh. This is not going to be good if we lose, and it's going to be so good if we win.
1: Yep.
0: I'm Gavin and I will both be there.
1: Let's pray we for an injury free game.
0: Pray for an injury-free game.
1: If we fight, that's okay, but just don't don't hurt anybody. Don't. I'm not
0: worried about a fight. Shoot, if we fight, whatever. Yeah, as long as we, as long as, as long as we don't fight and get somebody out of the game that's supposed to be in the game. But yeah. I'll tell y'all what: the last few every time this decade that we've needed to win to become bowl eligible, we've done it. Ole Miss is theoretically not bowl eligible, but there's a good chance that they won't have enough six and six teams. Yeah, especially since Miss, Missouri's
1: appeal got denied this morning. Right,
0: Ole Miss has a APR about fifth or sixth best in the country. So if three or four or five, five and seven teams, you would have, you would have to have a several of these five five win teams lose or something like that. And anyway, Ole Miss can win this game ten, and has a slim chance of making a bowl game, just like we did in 2016. A similar situation. We we had a better APR. Ranked than they did that year, but not by much. They're they're like fourth or fifth best is what I'm saying as amongst those teams. So like Stanford has a chance to do the same thing. A couple of the teams. So I'm not saying that they could they could very well and they probably will even if they win not make a bowl game. But they they their season is not technically over if they win or lose. So they so they've already got seven losses. We do care business. We've got to absolutely play with energy, have great coaching, great uh, execution, great fire, great game plan. And let's beat on this by let's be, let's just beat them by seven, you guys. Let's beat them 69 to 0. That's what I want to happen. 69 to 0, 10 touchdowns, last touchdown of the day. James Crispin misses an extra point on purpose. That's what <laughs> I want to
1: happen. Uh, he just walks up and shanks it. He'd
0: have to if the score if that was yeah. the score. He'd have to.
1: He have to. or just have to. or just uh just get the holder to just stand up and then take a knee.
0: That that could work too. I all like right. that. That's all we're gonna have for today. Let's get on this. That's all yep. I'm going to say. Let's beat all this. As always, praise the Lord and go, dogs, and Hail State.
1: Hail State.